Welcome to the Village Traders Podcast. I'm your host, Njavlin Tabani. This podcast is aimed at helping new and experienced traders navigate the market and learn from other traders. My guest today, uh, a popular guest and uh, recurring guest on the show, Simon Brown. How's it, man? Well, I'm good to you, my friend. Very, very good. Very, very good. Um, so today I wanted to chat about um, your trading portfolio, you know, just an overview and and looking back at, at um, call it six months or so that was, and um, how, how it, 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 it panned out for you. And what's your overall feeling and how you did in, the, in that trading portfolio? <laughs> so, I mean, short answer, and I was actually, so it, it, as we were recording this on, on Tuesday, it was month 10 charts. Um, and so I was going through bunches of the charts. And, and I got to be honest, my, uh, and I've, I've given this story before, I haven't traded equity in a long time. And there were a bunch of reasons why not. Man, this equity game is a different story, hey, compared to indices. It, and, and we'll delve into some details in a moment. But truthfully, more than anything, I'm feeling a little bit battered and a, and a, and a touch shell-shocked. Um, but I mean, it, in essence, and, and I mean, what it has done, and it, it's the whole point to trading is that, you know, particularly when you're new to it or you're new to a, a, a style of trading or perhaps a, 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 a sort of a, sort of an underlying you trading, you know, index versus FX or something. And when you switch between them, um, and typically when you start off, it's, it's going to be a little bit rough uh, and then you're going to refine it. And certainly my, my sense is, is I've got it nice and refined. I've got a, a lot that I'm uh, lacking. I was actually just this morning uh, chatting with a, a chap on, on Twitter and the DMs um, who is very much a, so he trades a, a couple um, and, and I was talking about rectangles uh, uh, slash breakouts and the like. Um, and his key point was, is that whilst it's not the highest probability, because it runs at about a 58% probability of the breakout reaching target, um, what he does say is it's a very high occurrence. Uh, your highest probabilities are head and shoulders, um, but you're, whether it be a head and shoulders or an inverse, um, but that is a relatively low occurrence. Um, and then interestingly, cup and handle. Um, cup and handle is... It, it's kind of midway between head and shoulders and and uh, uh, rectangles in terms of occurrence, but it's got a fairly chunky uh, success rate. So your your head and shoulders or head and shoulders reverse hits target about seventy odd percent of the time, and that's always accepted as that is the highest uh, uh, success rate of any sort of strategy. It happens to be a, a reversal, although it, it can actually be a continuation as well. Um, but of course, you know, it, it, the trick with head and shoulders is that you've got to draw the head and shoulders and we can fudge that with our own bias. Um, cup and handle is something I've never really looked at, although there's one on MTN that's currently forming. Um, and the handle's getting a bit messy, but certainly it's there. Um, but what I liked with the, with the rectangles is quite simply that it, 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 it occurs a lot. So if you, you know, if you, particularly if you're only going to be looking at, at one or two different methodologies, it comes along quite often, um, and and a you know, 58% hitting target is not a bad number. Uh, interestingly, uh, ascending triangle was the other one in the sort of sort of 60 plus percent uh, in terms of of uh, success um, of hitting that that essential target. Um, but the trading, I mean, the portfolio is underwater. That doesn't surprise me. The portfolio. Uh, has survived, and that doesn't surprise me. We've spoken before. 
where to me the, the strength I came in uh, to this uh, process was risk management. Um, you know, positioning my stops, doing my position size, exiting on stops. Obviously, it helps. I think markets, you just put your stop in and it takes you out. Uh, you know, you, you know nothing until you log on or and realize, hey, there's a trade gone. And then you check and it's like, ah, that's where it's gone. Um, so in, in, in that sense, it, it, it works uh, uh, lacquer. Um, so in, in terms of the risk, that was all there. In terms of the methodology and the like, my senses, I've refined it quite nicely. Uh, I'm feeling fairly confident about uh, that. But in terms of equity, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, jury's out, eh? man. It's a, yeah. When I'm trading Aussie, it's you know, 10 or 15 minutes in the morning. Even when I'm trading indices, it's, you know, there's a couple of, there's like maybe four or five indices. Uh, suddenly now it's like, you know, this giant list of equities. Now, I mean, me and you are, are throwing names at each other. So we are sort of helping in that, in that process. But I, I, I was going to say, I mean, I am, I'm surprised by the amount of time it takes. In hindsight, I shouldn't have been, I should have realized this was a, a, a more time consuming um, than, than, you know, I knew it was going to take more. I think I'm just surprised at just maybe how much more is, is the big surprise. Yeah, uh, you, you touched on something interesting that I've never thought about actually before um, in terms of, I've always thought about when you're looking at a setup or a strategy at its hit rate and um, risk reward whenever you're entering a trade, but I'd never thought of the occurrence rate of a particular setup. Um, how important uh, at least in your opinion, do you think it is for new traders to opt for um, strategies that occur a lot or that occur infrequently um, so that they less they make less mistakes or, you know, occur a lot so that they learn more from the process? Yeah. So I think it's a fine line. I, I don't think you want one that occurs infrequently because when you're new to trading, you want to trade. And if your your chosen strategy is infrequent, Truthfully, you're going to get bored, and you're going to jump in and and trade outside of your of, of your of your of your of your system, um, and, and that will cost you every single time. Um, the, but the flip side is you also don't want too many occurrences, frankly, because it's a case of you know you, you've got the risk of do you have sufficient capital, so can you do all the different trades, um, and while you're learning, you're going to make some mistakes. So I mean, it's kind of like that you know Goldilocks type scenario trying to find uh, uh, exactly in the zone, which is where is, is, is I suppose, most uh, 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 you know, sort of occurring enough, but not too often. Um, I want to go see if I, I think I retweeted it, so I should be able to find the tweet here. Um, and no, I didn't, which is weird. I'll go find the, no, I'm going to have to go find that, 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 that tweet for you. Um, and and yeah, it's it's one of the things with head and shoulders. I always say to folks, head and shoulders is a great place to start because of its high uh, probability of, of reaching target. But there's two tricks to it. It's infrequency, um, and then we have to draw in. And as soon as we're drawing that that the heads and the shoulders, is we bring our own personal bias into it. Um, and then it depends. You know, it's it's to how much time can you afford. Uh, in the evenings, you know, to, to manage your charts or on the weekends and, and stuff like that. And we always over, you know, we always at the beginning spend far too much time. We, we sacrifice family and, 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 and work and everything to pull time into it. 
Um, and, and that will sort of swing back and balance itself out in time. Um, but you do need stuff happening. I mean, you want something that's probably giving you, I mean, at a minimum, one or two a week so that you're, you're, you're kept into the, the process. And that's assuming that a trade might then run you know, anything from one to maybe four or five weeks. So once you're in, you've probably got uh, six or seven, maybe even eight trades. Because that was the other thing, is that when I was trading equity in the early 2000s, um, it was managing it. And, and I used to tap out at four or five trades, and we've discussed this before, where you know now because of the ability to automate exits, either a target or a stop, the whole thing just has become that much simpler. And, and you're able to manage that much more trades. Yeah, and you, you, you've always talked about, um, in terms of the chronology with, with the type of asset classes that one should start trading with, you know, you always advise start with indices and, you mm -hmm. know, come, then come back to equities and then maybe later FX. Has that changed in the process? Oh, no, uh, it has, <laughs> and it's what I was alluding to up front. Jen, I have, that has affirmed my belief in it. I mean, I don't want to say I hate equity, but mine, equity is one of those things. So there's, you know, my point has always been is you want to trade something that is fairly low volatility, uh, fairly low single event risk, and, and, and FX is top of that pile. But don't go trade FX when you start, because that's where the pros are. Uh, hence, you go into index trading. The average person new to the market goes into equity, because that's, you know, that's what's available. That's the easy part of the process partly because they want that thrill. You know, if you're on the right side of the trade and it absolutely boosts. But, I mean, single event risk, I think I've been smacked three times on that. Um, just last week, I got smacked on, on lack of liquidity, which truthfully is my error. But, I, you know, it, it, having spent so long trading indices and to a lesser degree FX, liquidity is not a problem. I mean, our Aussie, which is the, the, the futures on the top 40, that you know the notational value on that every day is 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 more than the entire market. I mean, as we're trading this at what uh, half past recording this half past three, um, the the value traded is uh, eight odd billion. Uh, run that through. I mean, it's just it's it's so it's it's running at about the same as what the entire JSC equity market is trading. Um, and last week I jumped into transaction capital. Let me haul up that chart. There was a nice break. It was on the back of the results. Um, everything was looking lovely. Uh, I jumped in on, what was it, the 25th, which was Thursday. Close green on me. Day one, I'm in the money. Everything's looking lacquer. Next morning, someone comes and sells 14,000 shares, which is not that many. And at the price he was selling, let's use a random, and it's like, it's 320,000 rands worth of shares. I mean, you know, for me and you, that's a giant amount. But for, for that oak, it was probably just he had a hot date on the weekend, right? He needed some cash. <laughs> he dropped in, he dropped in 14,000 shares, and it just smashed the stock down uh, through my stop, took me out, um, and then literally within 10 minutes was back again and the recovered. And it actually closed green on the day. I mean, and and so the range in the day was like. You know, 21 to 24, uh, which is just like like yowza. Um, now the, the stock's under pressure again today. But yeah, and as I said up front, that's a rookie error from for my part. We have discussed before. You know, what sort of liquidity do you want going through? Um, 
transaction capital, we're sitting here at three o'clock, it's done 21 million ZAR. Uh, that's just not big enough to, 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 to really trade uh, uh, derivatives or even equities in. It's just not giving enough liquidity for, for, for a trader because you really want those high liquid stocks so that people can throw, you know, 300,000 at it and, and no one worries. Um, transaction, you know, a big day for transaction is 50 million. An average day is sort of maybe 10 or 15. Um, we need more than that to protect ourselves from, from those, those spikes. And the spikes are going to happen. You know, when you think around a, 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 a dealer room or a trading, you know, whether it be at the, at the big institutions, the coronations, the Allen Grays, you know, I know someone who used to work at, at one of the big uh, uh, insurers. And he'll be given an order to buy, you know, 100 million MTN, 100 million rands worth. Um, and his instruction was he must buy it below VWAP. So he would work the trade. He would spend, you know, days, sometimes weeks, getting the position, getting it at a decent price and all of that sort of thing. Um, but sometimes, you know, particularly on what they consider a small trade, a couple of hundred thousand, maybe a couple of million, maybe it's just a stockbroker who's lazy. You know, client comes and says, you know, I need to sell a million rand of this or 320,000 of transaction. They don't work it because there's not enough commission in it for them, etc. So they just stick it in at market. And in a small illiquid stock, that can absolutely uh, rattle it. And what, what are some of the telltale signs of an illiquid stock other than looking at the order flow? So, I mean, there's, there's, there's going to be broadly two things. The one is to, and, and uh, my, my equity broker uh, for, my, for my sort of long-term portfolio uh, gives me the data back to, in fact, back to listing. So it shows me for every single day, high, low, uh, close, volume, deals, and value. So I can go in and see what that, what that RAND value is. The other way is, is just to look at the volumes on, on, on the charts um, and get a sense of what those volumes are. And then, you know, the lazy way is, is take the volume multiply by a closing price and that gives you an idea of what that that value is that's been traded um, but the other way which which only really shows up in your very illiquid stocks um, is really around uh, just you can see it in the chart sometimes um, there was a chart that we were looking at was it Ultron perhaps um, and it looked like an attractive chart that would break but you could just see from the candles these giant candles massive wicks of so a the open and close are fairly close to each other, but there's giant wicks above and below them. Um, sometimes you'll see charts where you literally get a flat line. It doesn't trade for days on end. Um, and that's another giveaway. But I mean, those are, that's at the extreme side. I mean, you know, we're not going to fall into that trap. Uh, I remember one of the videos someone mentioned, was it the Hong Kong dollar against some currency? I forget which one. And it was just the most insane chart. It's like, it looked like it hadn't traded in, in, in weeks. Truthfully, it was just trading at like one sort of price point. So you can eyeball it um, or you can just uh, uh, take closing times by. And it's the old thing. I mean, in an ideal world for the sizes that we are trading um, and, and, you know, even up to trading larger accounts for a couple of hundred thousand, probably in an ideal world, you, you want really a hundred million a day going through that share is really your, your minimum. Now, in the South African environment, that's, you know, not many shares are doing 100 million a day. Um, you move offshore. I mean, you go into the US, there's probably 
of the 10,000 stocks, probably half of them are doing $100 million per day. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, in, in, with, with, uh, in the past uh, few months when we were doing this process, and I started, you know, thinking that perhaps starting on equities, but on the, you know, top 40s or the top 100 of the mm-hmm. S&P 500 stocks as a newbie trader would be a slightly better idea because you can now trade a non-continuous market. And if you remove um, the, the, the single event risks or the volatility and just place entries and stops just using the, 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 I mean, the charts, you know, if you're seeing, um, for, for example, a, a symmetrical triangle, the, your stop loss is below the lowest, point, the lowest last point of, of that triangle pattern. And whether it's on a low volatility asset or high volatility asset, that stop is at the same place. And on a high volatility asset class, that stop would be quite wide and you'd manage that on your, your positioning sizing. Am I missing a trick here or I'm just being too uh, excited? No, I think, you, I think it's a great point. So I just, as you were chatting, went and had a look at Woolies, which is like one of the bottom stocks in the top 40. Um, and Woolies is averaging, you know, a slow day for Woolies is 80 to 90 million Rand trade. Uh, a big day for Willies, an average is probably 150, 200. There's days here where it's three, 400 million traded. Um, so if you just, to your point, went into top 40 stocks, um, you, you're going to get that liquidity coming already. So suddenly you've removed that liquidity risk. And it's a, it's a cunning way of, of doing that. You know, I was explaining how you could look here and there, or just go and find a universe of top 40 in, in, in our market and you've already got that that liquidity there um and and some of them might be a little more tightly held uh you know capitec is a fairly tightly held stock although actually no not anymore because of course the the um psg guys unbundled it but yeah capitec yes even prior to the unbundling is doing a couple of hundred million a day and some days in excess of a of a billion a billion billion and a half um those are actually big numbers so so you're right you you immediately remove the liquidity issue. What you've also done to a fair degree is move single event risk because it, it comes back to single event risk comes out of, and you know, the one where I got caught was Aspen, for example. Um, they made an announcement around a sale of their thrombosis business in Europe. Uh, I was short, stock gapped up, and then carried on falling, and ultimately my short played out to my target, but I'd been stopped en route. Now, we do get that sort of event risk happening in the top 40. Think about Sassel, uh, you know, uh, trading updates, particularly during during 2020. But it's probably less frequent, and it's probably less pronounced in many senses. So the stocks are going to be less volatile. They're just more covered. You know, we've got literally hundreds and hundreds of analysts. I take that back thousands of analysts analyzing the top 40 in our country. If we go to stocks 41 to 60, that sort of mid cap space, we've probably only got a couple of, you know, maybe a hundred of them or so. Suddenly it falls off. You know, if we look at how many small cap unit trusts we have in South Africa, it's like six or eight, you know, out of an industry that's probably got 1500 unit trusts. So there's a lot less uh, uh, research being done, which means there's a lot less pure price discovery 
Um, and if you look at some of the stocks that have popped, it's, you know, Adapt IT doubled, uh, AdCorp went up 500%, um, just because, you know, no one was, was expecting that. There was no proper price discovery happening. And the last point there is that, particularly in your small caps, but even to a degree in your mid caps, you almost don't need gearing on those. You know, the gearing is more for those stocks that are, you know, sort of trundling along. If you're trading the, the smaller guys, you, you can almost trade them ungeared um, because they can move 20, 30, 40%. You don't need the gearing to add the, the return to it. Uh -huh. um, um, so are there any particular trades that taught you, you know, particular lessons and um, take us through those trades uh, if, you, if, you know, they, any come to mind? And yeah, so I mean, the, 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 the transaction capital, of course, in that lesson was around uh, li liquidity. Um, there, there were some others, and those were particularly uh, around the stop loss, and I need to hold them out. Uh, so, so, and let's touch on, 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 on uh, British American Tobacco, um, which, which broke up, but then ran into all sorts of, of, of pressure ahead. And, and the lesson from that was good old fashioned of, you know, and, and you're doing it by standing back to look at the weekly chart, um, which is what Van, uh, 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 Van Elder, uh, uh, Elder. Sorry, Alexander Elder, yeah, Alexander Elder always talks about. Um, we, we, he's like, you know, and he goes weekly, daily, intraday. Um, get a sense of that bigger picture. You know, don't be jumping in if there's resistance just ahead. We had a look at uh, coronation. Coronation had broken out, but when you when you sort of pulled back on the chart, you realized, yeah, it had broken, but you know, a couple of rand away, there was another fairly significant resistance. Um, in other words, let's rather hold back and 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 see how it plays out beforehand. So. Uh, bigger picture, very much important at, at the same time. Don't just look at the immediate. Um, and, you know, coronation, that first resistance was around 43, but there's another one around 4470. Um, so there's a move and it's, you know, it's 8% or something, but, but I'm, you know, I took the view and, and, and price action has proved uh, fortuitous so far. Took the view of let's rather wait for the, the, the next resistance to break rather than the, the short term. Um, and then stop loss positioning. And typically, when I'm trading, when I'm trading my Aussies on the 721 or the like, stop loss is always sort of reference to the moving averages, either price and moving average, the moving averages crossing. Uh, when I'm doing my Aussie trading uh, pre-equity market in the morning, um, I've just got a hundred-point trailing stop. It's a very quick, very short trade. Uh, no time for anything. So you know. Nice and simple in, in, in that regard. What I'm doing here is, is, is you know, eyeballing, doing a two, uh, a two times average true range, sort of seeing that where that positions my stop loss and then kind of fixing it for like, you know, just below price levels and that sort of thing. And I think I was a little overly aggressive on moving my, my stop losses. Uh, and if I look at the trades I'm in now, um, neither of which are uh, the telecoms sort of break even. I moved the stop loss, but I, I, I waited for the trade to really get ahead of me, almost in a sense, one move higher, a move down, a second move higher, and move down. And then on that third move, I then moved it up to sort of just below the first move. Because what did occur to me, well, what I realized, is initially when we started, I thought trades would be a couple of days, maybe a week or two. 
But truthfully, these trades can run for, for, for weeks and weeks, which means give them that wiggle room, give them some space to be a little more volatile. Of course, the, the flip of that is that if you're less aggressive with your stop loss uh, and moving it tighter, it means that when you get stopped, you're going to you know, uh, throw out a larger amount of cash. But you've got to give those trades those space to, to mature and to get to the, to the targets. Yeah, and I think none more painful than the, that DRD short trade. So DOD was, was, was one of them. Yeah, that's, that's the, the chart I was just pulling up. I mean, uh, you know, and truthfully, um, it was, I got, uh, I, I was just, I make no bones about it. I was just too aggressive on that stop. And then ultimately uh, it went and, and, and targeted and, and, and hit my, 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 my target on it. So it would have been a good trade, but the mistake I made was just getting too aggressive on, on that stop loss. And, and I thought, that I was being, you know, pretty much every leg down and then up and then then DRD was short, but leg down, little up, leg down, I would then adjust the stop loss. And almost what I'm doing now is instead of being sort of one step behind the price action, I'm now two steps behind the price action. Uh, and, and yes, that means that, that as I said, when, I, when my stops are hit, I lose a little bit more, but when my, it gives me more chance for my targets to be hit. Um, and I had a fairly optimistic target on DRD, and, and you know, it, 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 it would have given it that, that space. And so now, you manage the, the loss amount is fine because you're managing that with position size and, and all of that. So that's not the stress. Um, the issue is, is uh, that, that it, very much a case of, of, of give it that wiggle room. And then one other point, and it reminds me of, as you mentioned, DRD. When I came into this, if you remember, I traded my short trades at smaller risk than my longs. Mm -hmm. um, so I was aiming at 2% risk, but I did it at 1.8 for slippage and everything else. And that's on my long trades. And on my short trades, I traded 1% at risk. And my logic was, is that stocks are a lot more volatile on the downside. Um, and I'm not wrong about that, but truthfully, it, they haven't been, let me put it this way, the way I was doing it, I was implying that they were going to be twice as volatile on the downside as they would be on the upside. Mm -hmm. And I haven't run the math, but I can tell you just eyeball and from the five or so months experience, that is not the case. Stocks have not been twice as volatile on the downside as they are on the upside. Um, and in fact, you know, we have had some massively volatile up days, you know, vaccine news and everything else coming in. So, the, the idea of, of trading smaller sizes on the downside uh, is either just fundamentally wrong, and, and I should abandon that and start, you know, same, same size either way. Alternatively, um, it doesn't need to be half the size of my, of my, of my, my long trades. My senses, and, and part of it, I mean, we've got a couple more sessions, and then we go, I, I take a, a month break over December, um, and I'll do tweaks then. I'm, I'm always cautious to do sort of, I like to, to, to spend time over my Christmas holidays sort of revisiting um, and because it gives me space to think, it gives me space to, you know, I can uninterruptedly, I can spend two or three days, you know, four or five hours a day just focusing on this. Um, so the changes, the, the changes will happen over that period, the significant changes. But I do think that one of them will probably be trade same size either direction. Yeah, I was actually uh, about to ask, um, what, what are you adding or removing into going into 2021? 
So it's going to be same size either direction. It's going to be liquidity, although I've bought that filter in. It's also going to be, and I'm, I'm toying with the question, and, and, and I've been, as I said, DMing with this chap, although I haven't, um, yeah, he's, it's time zone, so he had to go to bed. Um, at least I think he went, or he went somewhere, anyway. Um, and and I, I'm wondering with the whole, so I was trading triangles, and so it's nice, uh, uh, sorry, uh, rectangles, so it's nice rectangles, etc. And then I start to think to myself, and I, I was, you know, and I forget, was at the end of the previous, I spent a, a number of hours one weekend going through all of the previous trades, etc., um, just revisiting, and, and I do that process actually quite often. And as I've got, I'm now I've had 25 trades over the period. Um, I quite like revisiting what I've already revisited, if that makes sense. You know, spending some time and going back to a chart two or three or four times, and and most often, you know, you, you're not learning anything. But sometimes you do. Sometimes you're seeing stuff you didn't see before. And the one thing I started to see is that. Does the triangle, does the rectangle matter? Do I need a top and a bottom, or do I just need? And and it kind of when I started the process, when I was drawing my 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 rectangles, I was just doing two horizontal lines, um, and and largely because I hadn't noticed the triangle <laughs> tool or the rectangle tool on the on the app, and then I discovered the rectangle tool and I started using that, um, and then I was going through it and I'm like saying to myself, almost to a degree. If I'm looking, if the break is to the upside, does it matter that there's a line down at the bottom? And my answer is surely not. Because, and I know then we're moving into different types of charting patterns and the like, but what I'm looking for is a horizontal support or resistance that breaks. Does that need to have a shadow and opposite? In other words, if I've got a, a resistance that's breaking, does it need a support below it? And the answer is no. I mean, surely. You know, I, I'm I'm looking at one side, not necessarily the other. Um, so that's something else which I, which you know, just going through the chart so far, it it, I don't think that's as critical as I as as I as I thought. And maybe instead of saying let's trade uh, uh, rectangles, why not just trade? You know, they call them horizontal rays uh, on on the platforms, um, and just you know, where is it? Which way is it going, etc. And then wait for it to 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 break that way. Regardless of what the the, the sort of opposite uh, 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 situation is is looking like. Okay, and and with with um, with rectangles, you usually or with support and resistance, you usually use the height of um, the uh -huh. rectangle uh, for for target. And what are you going to yes. use for target? Ah, so that I'm not yet sure. So so what I'm doing, and and the one I'm, you know, so so the one I was using was MTN, but that's a cheap one because that's actually more like a, a cup and handle, and, and and that's that that's got out there. So what I would probably do, and let, let's say we've got a breakout coming to the upside, um, and and let's use coronation because folks can then go and grab that coronation chart and have a look see. So there was some, there's a a, a, a horizontal at about 43, another one at about 44.70. There's about. Um, so if I was to imagine a, a sort of a, 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 a rectangle here, if I look at the chart, I'm not going to take it all the way down to, and I'm only going back as, you know, I could take it back to the, the May lows of 34. I could take it back to the more recent lows of 37. But if I just eyeball it, and it happens to be where the 200-day moving averages, at 39 rand, if I put a line at 39, there's a lot of activity happening at 39. 
uh, back in July and August there was a huge amount um, even into June coming down to that level and bouncing off again. Uh, September the level didn't quite hold but there was a lot of activity. So what I would essentially do is is eyeball a chart and say okay so my break is call it 44.80 what would be if there was sort of a, a bottom of this range? Where's that zone almost in a sense? And it is going to be a zone and in that case I would say well it's about 39. Therefore, my target is the, the that's almost the bottom of my, my rectangles, uh, the, the, the 39, so the triangle, uh, up to the, 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 the break point and take that that gap there. Okay, got you, got you. And with, with regards to adding to positions and trailing stop, any adding or subtraction on, on, on in that regard? So I haven't been adding, and i tell you why. So my, my one of my thoughts was, and it's the whole retest story, which, which you and I have chatted around a, a whole bunch, which is, you know, often, particularly with the break, breaks comes back for retest and then carries on in the way. So one of the questions was, why not just enter on the retest? Um, you know, don't enter on the break, because often on the break, you it's kind of run a bit already. Um, whereas, so say the, say the level's 40, whatever, say it's 44. Okay. But... It's broken, so you may be only getting in at 44.50 or maybe 45 or heck, maybe 46, whatever it might be because it's broken and run. Why not wait for the, the retest back to 44? So the, and there were, there were two thoughts I had in my head. The first was don't enter the break, enter the retest okay, mm -hmm. at that break level. The second was enter the break and add to the position on the retest. But then the more I thought about it, and in essence, is, you know, if I think about what's happening, I want to be long of stuff that's going up. If I'm buying a retest, uh, a, a test of the, of, 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 the, of the level, in that immediate, as I'm entering, I'm actually buying a stock that's going down. And that's almost, <laughs> that, that's counterintuitive to what I'm trying to do. It's something I've referred to, I mean, and you know I use in a lot of places sort of my two-step, uh, you know, uh, uh, trigger confirm entry type of process and the confirm is always it's going in my direction so this is suddenly almost trigger a buy but then buy on weakness to me just seems counterintuitive um so at this point now it's been single entry into the trade take it uh, and let it run and when i was revisiting trades etc there were some examples where a retest gave you a nice entry truthfully not enough to in my mind make it a a, a better methodology no oh, okay got you got you and what are your trading goals for 2021 so i haven't i mean i, I I'm, I'm rolling at those around in my head although i'm still 14 sleeps away from from being on holiday so that's just still two weeks away <laughs> um i mean the 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 the, the first is so i as you know, I, I trade my, my Aussie futures pre-market. Um, uh, so that's sort of 8.30 to 9.30, although I'm usually in the trade by about quarter to nine, and then my, my exits either at profit or stop in the system, and I, and I can leave those to trade. Um, and, and, and that I'm enjoying, that's trading well, that, that's making me nice points, uh, and, I'm, and I'm comfortable with that. Um, I might increase the, the position sizes on it, uh, this is the, the first full year where I've been doing it. I've done it bits in the past, but now I've got a full calendar year under it. So I've got a lot of data um, and I you know, need to go and check that. It's been profitable. Uh, it's had 
losing weeks but not losing months. So I'm very comfortable with with, with that strategy. Um, and and then my next, then my question is: So what do I want to trade next year? Do, do I want to carry on trading equity? And the answer is: I I need to make that decision. I haven't decided one way or the other. Would I prefer to go back to my comfort zone and and indices? Um, am I being Lazy is not quite the right word. Maybe, I mean, running scared is not, you know, I mean, it, it, four months in, six months in, whatever it is, is, is a fairly short period of time. Um, but certainly what I do want for one of, so, so what is my trading goal? My goal is going to be the broad picture is I want to add a new quiver to my, to my trading processes that I do. I like that I've got my Aussie. It makes me some money. The question is, what do I want that new quiver for 2021 to be? Is it going to be equity, um, trading the breaks or the like? Uh, is it perhaps uh, going to be go back to my 721 or maybe some lazy, uh, more likely the 721 on some offshore indices, uh, DAX, FTSE, uh, NASDAQ, S&P? Um, would that be the focus instead? Um, but certainly I think the broad answer is, is to add an extra skill to my trading, what I've got to try and decide is what is that skill going to be. My, my, my trading goal for 2021 was to really get down my pre-market Aussie trading and, and get that working and get that as a, as a reliable process. And, and that, you know, I, I've looked at the numbers, they work, I need to do a deeper dive on it. That has worked. I can kind of, in a sense, tick that box and say, cool, that, that, that was successful. And truthfully, that was helped a lot because one of the challenges was that was that oftentimes at half past eight in the morning, I would be at an airport or on an airplane or at a breakfast meeting or en route to a meeting. Uh, you know, thanks to a, a small thing called a pandemic and a lockdown, man, half past eight in the morning, I'm at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's the pandemic did it. It's, a, it's 2020 has been a, a bittersweet year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a year, but I, I, I take your point. I mean, and we're not we're not making light of, of a pandemic. I mean, not in any stretch, but it, it's been a year which is, you know, there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of not fun about it, but there's been a lot of learning and, and, and a lot of, you know, I almost don't want to say benefit, but if I'm truthful about it, there's been some benefit to it. I mean, you know, I've had a better trading year and I've put in more trading hours on my, on my Aussie simply by the fact that that we've been in you know somewhere between hard to soft lockdown um over, over the time um you know my biggest challenge has been remembering because i did it this morning first of december so i'm paying invoices and i'm invoicing people you know and i get back from because i do the the show early morning so i get home at about 20 half past seven um and you know i'd have some breakfast i'm chatting with my wife my housekeepers here i'm doing my invoicing and suddenly it's 8.36 and actually, I've, I've, you know, it's like, yo, hang on, I've, I've missed it. Um, that's been my biggest challenge. And of course, there's an easy hack to that. Just drop a reminder into my phone every morning. Um, but it, it has been, a, a, I got a lot more screen hours in and, and trading is one of those things. And it's no different from anything else. You know, it's about, it's that 10,000 hour rule, which, which uh, uh, Malcolm Gladwell wrote about. Now, it wasn't his rule. He took it from somebody else, and I can never remember his name. And it's not always 10,000 hours. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. That was an average. 
But the point is, any skill that we're looking to develop, you want to be a, a, a you know a concert violinist, you want to be a day trader or an end of day trader. The more screen time in the case of trading that you can get in, the better. Um, and this year helped me with screen time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Likewise with with me. Um... I had a, a bunch of screen time and, you know, trading equities, I had a lot of options to look at um, because with indices, there's only so many indices, but equities, there's, there's mm-hmm. a whole bunch of them. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, looking at the screen a lot to see um, mistakes that you made on trades or, or learning from trades and then filters that you want to add or remove. Um, um, just to better fine tune your, your your trading without necessarily, you know, strategy hopping as it were. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it 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 it's one of the challenges for a new trader. And I often wonder, and this is something that 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 Petri Radenhaus and I have talked about often, um, is we need time to pass we need bars to pass now what we can do uh, and there's some software packages that will do it for you where basically you go back to a random point in time and you advance bar 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 but that's a bit clunky and the like i've often thought of a a a platform or a website or something which which gives you you know speeds up time so you sit down and it says right we're going to give you ten thousand bars coming at you and you say how quickly you want them coming and you can pause them if you want but it just it, it means that you can just get that that screen time because when i talk ten thousand hours for a trader what you want is is a number of bars i mean and i don't know how many bars it is is it ten thousand is it a hundred thousand or a million but where you could sit down and do an eight hour session which would be brain numbing so say a two or three hour session where basically you just get the system just is just giving you bars. So you, you're generating buy signals, you're putting on trades, you're getting stopped, nothing's happening, so you're waiting and, and, and that sort of thing, just to get you that 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 almost a speeded up process, which is would be a huge advantage and asset and, and something, you know, think about any other I mean I talk around a violinist. Now okay, if you're learning a violin, I suppose you could practice eight hours a day. I mean I I I suppose your fingers would start to hurt. But, you know, if you want to become a, a, a proficient runner or a swimmer or something, you physically can't. Your body needs to rest. Um, you know, we need that other. But, but in the trading space, something like that would be, I think, massively, massively uh, 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 powerful. And some of them, I mean, you can you can kind of hack it almost in a sense. I mean, you know, the the uh, trading view, you can advance bar, 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 and it, and it will do it for you. Um, it then takes that discipline from you in a sense to to not cheat but you can you know go back to a random point in time and just move it forward and and again and again and again the problem is is that you might have picked something that doesn't give you anything so you spend hours and nothing happens um the idea behind the having a platform specifically designed for that is you know it would give you six, eight, maybe 10 different uh, 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 instruments coming at you at the same time. And it wouldn't tell you what they were, um, which is hugely important. Because, you know, if you go to TradingView and you call up, you know, whatever that stock is, you might have some sort of uh, uh, residual memory as to what happened and, 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 and the like, which could skew it. Yeah, actually, um, I use the replay um, um, function on TradingView a lot. And there's another uh, it's a software, it's an MT, 
uh, MT4, what's this? Uh, it's not an indicator. Expert advisor, you install it as an expert advisor on MT4, but it does exactly what you're saying. It gives you, um, but predominantly on, 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 on um, offshore indices and FX, um, it's soft FX, I think. Um, I'll, I'll jump the link to, to that in the, in the description on the show notes. Where you even like you, you give it a portfolio size and you know it gives you buy, buy, buy. You can speed it up, slow it down, click the next buy if you wish okay. as well. Uh, and you can like physically take trades. And if mm -hmm. you wish to, um, for example, if you want to remove money management from your practice, you can set it to say when I enter risk two percent, and then it'll calculate mm -hmm. and do all of Manage those. Manage all that for you. Okay, yeah. I should have a look at that. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll drop the link to that in the show notes below. Um, think we can pocket here. Thank you, Simon, for your time. Really, really appreciate it, and always enjoying speaking to you. Uh, before I let you go, when are you writing us a book, man? It's, we we deserve it. Good. So, so, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, maybe so. I mean, look, 2020 has been a year and 19 halves, eh? Um, but uh, uh, my wife and I are, are looking to to sort of rejig our lifestyle, which, if a lot of ifs there, might actually give me some free time. So, uh, long story short, version. I mean, we, we 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 downgraded a few years ago, and part of that was so we could live in Airbnbs around and go watch whales in September and 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 go, you know, etc. So maybe in time. The trick with that, man, that is a hard discipline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you're a disciplined man, so that's, that shouldn't be too much of a problem. Yeah, it turns out, because I, mean, I, mean, I, I write copy for Finweek, man, and those deadlines come. And I think I've been there nine years, and I've never, ever missed a deadline. Um, I start writing a book, man, and I get 150 words in, and then it just gathers dust. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. Um, yeah, be sure not to miss another episode of The Village Trader by subscribing on your favorite podcatcher. We're everywhere. Um, join us tonight as you're listening Wednesday evening, 5.30. The Fifth Market, someone and myself are trading live CMBs. Uh, you can see some of the trades that we were talking about earlier today. Um, yeah, man, check in next time on The Village Trader. Do follow me on Twitter. I'm at Njabudo underscore Goche and at Village Trader ZA. And Simon is at Simon PB on Twitter. Um, thank you. Check you next time on the British Twitter. Cheers.